Okay, good evening. So, back on track. And the truth is that the Machaber, the author, the Ramchal, some of the things he repeats over and over in, the, in this beginning chapter, but it's an all-important chapter. You know, uh, this idea which he left off before he took a break about thinking and pondering our lives, it's, uh, it's, it's such a remarkable thing. I, I just, uh, on yesterday... I had lunch uh, every Tuesday. So I usually have lunch more than once a week with people. I'm waiting for some restaurants to open here so I can not only have, you know, not my... Not the only one. Uh, no, it's it. Yeah, uh, I, I, have, I will have a makum kavua, though, in that restaurant. I'm not going there. Let's go. <laughs> I'm waiting for farms to open up. Or, uh, so I had lunch yesterday. Every Tuesday, because I, I teach in the girls' high school on Tuesdays. So I, and I, so I end up learning in Palo Alto, and I have lunch at Izzy's every Tuesday. So yesterday, I, I met with a, an individual who is on the National Council of Reform Judaism. The man's in his 70s. And how did I meet this guy? He sat next to me at APAC at the dinner. Like, it was my wife, then me, then him. So Hashem put him next to me. If Hashem puts him next to me, it must, there's a reason for it. So I, you know, I caught up conversation with him. So I meet him yesterday. I'm telling you, this is a guy, you know, he, he told me that he uh, grew up German reform. And he grew up in a temple. They didn't put on it even, they were forbidden to put it on a keep on the temple. It's like the old style reform. That was, the old, that was old reform, by the way. Uh, first, forbidden. forbidden. Yeah, absolutely. You grew up that way, right? No, no, I didn't grow up that way, but I know people. Pillar, yeah. I, I, uh, forbidden uh, and that you know his first wife was a non-Jew all his three kids are completely not Jewish he's divorced uh, and so in, about 20 some years ago he got into Judaism you know in, uh, and he ends up before he had, ends up on his head so I'm like speaking to the guy and you know there, this is just to his credit there are you know there are certain people who are ideological you can't have a conversation he was open, so it was a very good conversation. And um, I can I can tell you that like a lot of things he changed his at least perception. I don't know if, what will happen. We're going to meet again, uh, and I gave him some things to listen to. But my the guy's in his seventies. Um, but here's the thing: you know, you can go through life. Literally, all of us have <laughs> something like this. We go through life with certain impressions about people, about things, about life, about ourselves. And if we don't contemplate them, then we're not going to make the best decisions for ourselves. And we'll sometimes walk blinded in life to an extent. So when he's talking about thinking about it, because the whole process, this is a work about self-growth. This is a work about being better, doing better, living better, aspiring to do more, and the only way we can do that is by, you know, taking on ourselves honestly and taking on the world honestly. If we're blinded at what truisms are in the world, we won't really be able to be uh, successful. So, to pick up where we left off, how unbelievable, how fantastic what we just said is. For a person who delves in to understand it fully. Because the passage that we left off as the previous verse says, right? Why are you asking which I started? 58. Right? So it, that, the, that you make darkness and it is light. So that this world is this world is at some level compared to tonight. This world is at some level compared to tonight. And on this, that this world is compared to tonight. By the way, it's a great world. It's a fantastic world. He's not saying it's it's not an unbelievable, it's a chesed Hashem. You know, I, I just I was just mentioning tonight to the gentleman, I'll tell you a secret I told them tonight. Why I told them tonight? Because it just happened tonight. Whenever, whenever uh, I, I have a thing, you know, when I'm, if I'm at a gas station, and it doesn't happen that often, and the Mega Millions, you know, Mega Millions lottery, the Mega Millions lottery, if it's at a hundred million dollars, I'll buy a ticket. I'll buy a ticket. Now, what's the chance of winning lottery? Like one in three hundred million dollars, one in three hundred million. 
But I figure, you know what, if God wants to make me a millionaire, here's my chance. So I buy, I, want to, I don't buy Parable, because that's $2. I don't have to pay spending $2. I buy $1. So if, if I'm at a gas station, and they sell a lottery, and they have Mega Mods, so I, I, I'll, buy, I'll, buy a tic- I'll buy it. I'll buy the ticket. Um, so I was we were talking tonight about the about like about money, the honest. I said, listen, I want to say this. I mean this, hundred percent sincerely. You know, if I would wake up tomorrow morning and when I look at my ticket and I want, I think it's whatever day it is, and I won a hundred and fifteen million. That's what I went to the gas station tonight. Get gas. I want to I'd be, I would be doing a drink. I'd be, uh, you know, dancing in my whole house, uh, without a hundred percent. It's. The gift of waking up every morning and saying Moi Da'ani and being a Jew is worth more than that mega millions. It's worth so much. You know what it is to be a Yid, to be a Jew, have a, por- a connection to Hashem, have a portion of the world to come. If we would realize how lucky we are, how great the, our, our opportunities, we would do that jig every morning. You would say Moi Da'ani in the morning. I love saying Moi Da'ani in the morning. I wake up, I, if I didn't say Moi Da'ani, I don't know how it would get to the day. But I wake up, I say Moi Da'ani It's like fantastic how lucky we are. How fantastic you are. By the way, I wouldn't mind winning that Mega Millions and saying what that would be. That would really be nice. Um, but, you know, so we saw the world being dark. It's not talking about the opportunity of the world. Life is great if we take these opportunities. The world is dark in, compared to night because we can make tragic errors. Just like a person in the dark doesn't see where he's going or she's going, I should say where she's going in this room, right? Doesn't see where she's going. Right? A person in the dark is gropes in the dark, it can, can get lost. So too, a person who doesn't think over their lives can make tragic mistakes. I was telling someone today in my office, you know, they want me to help certain person. I said, when you, you make decisions in life. I mean, I can't fix a decision, you know? If you marry somebody, if you invest somewhere, if you go to the wrong place, if you do something that's the wrong thing, there are realities to the decisions, right? So you can make wrong decisions. You can invest in the wrong company. You could, you know, if you, if you just follow your feelings, you can end up marrying the wrong person, living the wrong lifestyle, living in the wrong place, hurting people, doing a lot of things. So light, it means that if you're blinded, you can make big mistakes or small mistakes, right? You could hurt people you mean to help. You can... You know, distance people you want to be close to. You can get farther from Hashem instead of closer to Hashem. So the Ramchal says, this Pasuk, which compares this world to, to darkness, light, is a tremendous thing if you really think about it. When it's dark at night, you know, anyone go camping recently in the dark over there? You know, if it, when it used to be when it was dark, you know, they, they, Point Lobos, they, they had lights by you. Really? No. You're civilization. civilization. No, no, no. You gotta be like Kashi uh, Freed somewhere in the mountains, like, you know, in the dark. You, you, you're out there really in the dark, right? So if you're out there, you can make two, two errors. The eye can make two errors. Oh, if it's pitch dark, you can see nothing. Actually, my son, I learned all. Blee Nether. Oh, it works out most nights. I learn with all my children. I learn with all of them, except for Aaron, who's only... <laughs> every so, night? Every night. And I don't learn uh, 25 minutes with all of them. I learn two to five minutes with um, each. So now Shlomo Leezer... See, I used to be Chedva. I started with her when she was six or seven, whatever she, it was. But Shlomo Leezer sees his older siblings learning. So at age one and a half, he said, Learn! He'd bring me a book, Learn! And so and if I don't learn with him, forget about it. So I, I was learning with him today. He has this book on the Seder. And it has a ten mafas. So we did like Keenum and I gave a little pinch Keenum. It was eh, right? So I said Khoishek. And I put my hand over his eyes because they got the dark. And he couldn't see a thing. He's looking around. It was Khoishek, right? It was Khoishek. So there's Khoishek, darkness. In the night, no, no, you can't see a thing. If it's pitch dark, you could, you could be blinded completely. Blinded completely of what reality is. You cannot see anything sometimes in the dark. Oh, sometimes it's dark. You can think, you see something from afar, 
and it's really a sign or it's really a pillar and it looks like a person. Right? It's, it's, it's 20 feet away in the dark and you see something, is that a person? Like you're squinting and it's really a, a pillar and it looks like a person. Um, that says that Ramchal is like the physicality and the material nature of the world. At some level, when you're caught up and submerged in life, it's a choyshech laila, and you can make two mistakes. Sometimes you can be completely blind not to see the pits of life. You don't see it coming. You don't even expect it. Right? You don't, you, don't, you don't even think, you don't see it coming and it's, it's heading your direction. If you'd only open your eyes, you'd realize, right, you know, this is the reality of, your, of what you're doing, of, what, of how you're living, of your lifestyle, your choices, your decisions, your, 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 your manners, your demeanor, your, 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 your personality, the way you're acting, right, or your apathy, whatever it may be, you know, or your good decisions, you know, but maybe they're pushing too much. Um, so sometimes the, 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 uh, you can't see it at all. And the foolish one walks on his merry way, and he, right with a certain amount of fake confidence, false confidence. They don't even realize. <laughs> they fall into the pit, not ever seeing it. They don't even realize what's going uh, to happen. The way, now the path of the wicked does not mean most people are not wicked. Most people are blinded, but that if it happens to be a path of foolishness, right? don't even know where they're falling. sees evil and hides, but fools go on. They don't. They're, they're oblivious, right? They're, they're completely oblivious to consequence, to reality, to. to you know, what your decisions do. And the verse says that a, 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 a fool is, you know, goes on his path and just sticks to it. Sticks to it. Doesn't, lives in a false reality. In a completely, you know, I, one of the things, by the way, somebody came to me, said to me, uh, speaking to a Jew, it was not yet so religious, so he was in Israel, he couldn't believe it. How many people smoke there? They couldn't believe it. Like, how many Israelis smoke? So I, I said that this is true, that if you actually, you're in America, but if you go throughout Asia, Southeast Asia, the Arab countries, it's not just Israel, all of those countries have much higher smoking. Europe has a much higher So I said, when, in America, I actually took a course when I was in law school uh, called Smoking in the Law. And basically it showed how the, these, the, the big tobacco was de- defeated not in legislator, but, but through lawsuits. That's really how they crushed big tobacco. But one of the things they did, and they forced these things to do besides the Surgeon General, is put pictures on all Surgeon General warnings, eventually pictures of black lungs. You can, if you smoke and you, all your friends are smoking, it's just fine. You laugh through life. You, I've been in the ICU with people with emphysema and lung cancer and with their tracheas cut open. You see what it is to a person when they're 60 years old who smoked, you know, they kill themselves. When a person smokes, I, they're an idiot. A person who smokes is an absolute idiot. But the problem is, is that you're around idi- other idiots who smoke. You've got to be crazy to smoke. You know, 9.5 out of 10 people who smoke will have major health conditions in their older ages. Either they'll have a cancer or, or their, 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 their body or their heart will be weaker they're, they were, they're killing yourself at some level. You're an absolute idiot to smoke. And on a Jewish level, by the way, even if you don't get sick, you lose merits. You lose schusim. Why? Because you're doing something which is recklessly dangerous. Right? Smoking is like driving on a highway 95 miles an hour and saying, I'm not going to get into an accident. That's what smoking is. Okay? So how was it in America that, that now we have smoking like a 20-something percent and it used to be 60%. In the 1970s, it was 60% of Americans smoked. Tastes like twenty something percent because there's more knowledge today. People they put they show you the lungs. I see it though. I've been in these places. No, I have to visit the sick sometimes. I mean that you look at these people sickly. You got to be crazy to smoke. You know, I, I once had a great teacher, one of the greatest sages in America, who told me that after 120 years, a person who doesn't take care of their health 
and get sick, God's going to tell them, well, you died at age 68. You could have lived to 88. You lost 20 years of your life. Whose fault is that? Right? You didn't watch your weight. You didn't be smoked. You, you, you ate all kinds of stuff. You died young. It's your fault. You caused that. Right? You caused, and even if it doesn't, you're sickly and you're weak. Right? You're sick. You know, you, who, whose reality is that? You, you did that to yourself. So a person, you can live somewhere, let's say, the really bad places, like, like, like places like Singapore or Thailand. I think Thailand has like 70, 80% of the people are smoking in Thailand. Right? And I want someone to show me a video of a two-year-old kid smoking, chain pack smoking, two years old. Right? You're growing up in a reality where everyone's smoking around you, so you're blind that you're killing yourself. And they're all laughing. And it's, you know what the sick thing is? It's cool in some circles. You're a nerd if you don't smoke. Right? You're a nebbish. That's how they say in the yeshiva shadalti. You're a neb- in the you're a nub if you don't smoke. What's wrong with smoking? They're all laughing. You know who's a loser? The smoker. <laughs> They're going to be sick in bed in their old age. Right? In Russia, they still smoke in Russia? No. no. Not now. But they used to. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Nobody will leave the house and go outside. You know, it's too cold. Uh, <laughs> in Russia, that's right. Yeah, I'm saying, but here's the thing. You can, you, can, you can smoke and smoke and smoke, and one day what happens? You get sick. That's if you're in a culture where everyone's doing something. You know? So the night from the old, the person goes blind. They don't even see it coming. They don't even see it coming. I feel bad. I, I, I honestly, when I meet, uh, I, I felt bad in law school. When I was around these kids, these liberals, who were especially girls. I felt bad for these girls. Like the boys, they would they would be in this Ivy League, you know, mindset. And they, you know, family was very far from their minds. In fact, marriage was very far from most of their minds. But the girls, it, 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 you know, at some level, there's a physiological reality that they want companionship. They want dedication and devotion. They want uh, mishpacha. They don't, want a, uh, they don't want a large family, per se. And everything around them in that world leads them farther away from that. <laughs> and everything around them their lifestyle, their career being all important, they're in a, living in a world where the boys are like that, you know, where the men are not interested in commitment and the men are not interested in families. I, I felt bad for these people. I would go there and see these are sad souls. I, you know, they're, they're on a path. You know, and some of these kids came from like more religious types homes, but they got caught up there, whether they're Mormons or Catholics or whatever they are, they are caught up in that whole, you know, cosmopolitan, sophisticated reality when really they're fools, right? They, they, they took themselves farther away from where they are and everything around them is telling them this is great. The media, the music, the, 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 the job market. The, so you get caught up and then you know what happens? This girl turns 42 years old and all her dreams are out the window because... <laughs> she's already bought in somewhere. I mean, this is what happens, you know. You can walk through line with life blinded in this way. There, um, the kili um, bom for the hearts of, of, of fools could be as wide as a hall. The knife from tear, they fall into something before they even realize the fall. Right? They fall into something even the uh, fall. I will say this happens religiously also. I know people that they want kolol, and I'm a big fan of kolol. You know what everyone knows what kolol is, right? You learn to totally get married, I'm a, I learn to call all my siblings, you know, brothers, I'm, I think it's, if you're the right person, the right thing. But if you do it for the wrong reasons, one day you wake up, you're 29 years old, you want to need to make a living, you're like, you should have thought about what you're doing. Is, is this what you want to do? You know, it's a serious nefesh, right? But if you're doing it, you know, if you're doing it because your friends are doing it, I remember someone told me, that their relative told them, now this is in a certain circle in New York, kolol is the in thing to do. Who wouldn't want to do kolol? Like, it's the in thing to do. You know what? And you're 22 years old and you don't think about reality, and you don't think about the real life and the consequences. What's when you're 40 years old? If you're in that circle, you could end up making a mistake. That's not for you, right? It just may not be what you're looking for because all your friends in seminary want that, all your girlfriends want that, and they all talk. That's what they tell them. 
It's a lot different conversation. <laughs> it's not all seminaries, and it's all. And you have to know where you're going. You have to know what the really thing is. But it's a different conversation. Um, and if that's a good idea or a bad idea, I have my own opinions on that. Uh, um, but the point is, is, is let's take American system, not Israel, for a second, uh, with its choices. Uh, it's so at the end of the day, there's consequences. You know what it means to be 40 years old and living very skimpily? It's not so easy. <laughs> Right? If you love what you're doing, it's nothing better, better in the world. But when you know, it doesn't last forever, and you make career choices. I look at people. I, you know, I, 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 I always tell, you know, when I have an opportunity for someone in their 20s, it's, you know, being in your 20s, it's, it's crazy. These kids go to college, they have no idea what they're doing. They date people, they have no idea what they want to be doing. Like, it's like the most, you're making the most crucial decisions of your entire life with the least amount of thought, with literally the least amount of maturity and thoughts that these decisions will affect the rest of your life. You know, if you say you want to be a plumber, actually a plumber is a good living, but you know what? You're going to be doing a plumber the rest of your life. That's like, you better like being a plumber, right? You start a, a lifestyle, you skip yeshiva, well, that's going to be very hard to catch up on later. You, you marry a person, right? You know, you, you, do, you, you do something, there's going to be realities to that. Don't just jump into these things. You know, what do you want from your life? What do you expect from your life? You know, I, I, the, I, I, one thing I would say is, you know, they, it, they show sociologically that people in their 20s, it's the least religious point of their life. And I'm not talking about in my, where I, the way I grew up. That's actually, for many of you, the most religious point of their life at some level because they're in an intense society. But for general society, it's the least religious point of their life. It's also, for large people, they're going to be getting married somewhere in, in the secular circles the ones who get married, it's like, I think the average age of marriage in America is 28, still, okay? So in secular circles, if you're going to get married, which is usually in Alabama or Oklahoma, the higher percentage is, but even in California, it's going to be your late 20s. So you, you're going to... So if the religious kids, it's, they're 22, 23, 24, 25. That's typical, okay? I always say, be at your highest, not your lowest, because you will lock yourself for the rest of your life. <laughs> you will lock yourself... It, once you're married, it, you know, I can tell you as a rabbi, if I have to deal with a married couple, you know, it's, I, I gotta deal with both. You know, you're, you're, if, if, if the spouse has something, I gotta deal with both. You, you're locked. I can't, it's a different reality. Now, of course, I'm talking whether it's, if I, I ask somebody tonight, I need them to host someone, I gotta ask my spouse. That's the right thing to say, by the way. <laughs> but it's not a one person decision, right? Everything is like that, everything takes two people. And if your spouse wants one thing religiously and you don't, you know, it's a big thing. Actually, I, I saw someone in Philadelphia. I went to speak to my, one of my great teachers when I was in New York, Shmuel Kamenetsky. So this was in Philadelphia. So I saw something. I studied with this gentleman when he first became religious. Um, I don't get too many details. But the man grew up completely, completely, totally irreligious. I mean, like, Zero zilch, and today he he learns half a day, works half a day for multiple years already. So he's a, he has a successful business. He's, I would love to have him here. He does a tremendous amount for that community, tremendous amount. I'm not talking financially, just time, energy. Uh, but when he became religious, his wife was not on board. I mean, it was like a whole. Uh, if you're talking about, woo, he became like a hundred percent, and the wife was not. You know, it was real, a real reality. In his case, with a lot of help, his wife came along eventually. His kids didn't come along. <laughs> his wife came along. And one of his kids actually somewhat came along. Actually, just, just today, over lunch, you know, I, you know I, I, I was reading breakfast, actually. I was reading, I, I get all these, mag- my kids get mishpacha and ami. I get, there's, they get this bina, which I can never read. I like, put it on the table. Oh, my goodness. It's like a ladies' magazine. It's nice for. But I was reading an article of Stephen Hill. Anyone heard of Stephen Hill? Stephen Hill? Stephen Hill? Mm-hmm. You ever hear Mission Impossible? Law and Order? Mm-hmm. How, you should be answering. No, you're all taped over here. Yes. You never heard of it. Of course not. You read about it. Like me. <laughs> so, Stephen Hill. Yeah, I read about it today, actually. Adam Schiff. He was yes. for 10 years in Law and Order. So, Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill was a Hasidic Jew at the end of his life. Actually, for the way part of his life, Stephen Hill, on, on t- he was clean-shaven, uh, 
promotes his life, but he was a Shabbos observant Jew. And he, so it talks about his story that he grew up irreligious, and in the, in the 19, early 1960s, uh, when he was on Mission Apostle, he was already Shomer Shabbos, he lived in New Square. You know New Square? That's the Square Hasidim. Uh-huh. Right? His k- kids were all Square Hasidim, right? You know, mostly, or, or Muncie, the Hatham, or Yeshivish, whatever it is. But Stephen Hill was married. So it talks about it. He had four kids with his first wife. And his first wife first started to come, but she couldn't handle it. And one day she just left him. She left him. He woke up, came to his house, and she was not there. She had four kids. And of those four kids, one ended up observant, another three not. And then he got married a second time in 1967 in Muncie, New York. Had five kids, and all those five kids are, are, are observant. Now, I'm not blaming his first wife at all. Right? But once you're married, there's reality. And that's not just marriage. That's your career. That's, that's the place you live very often. That's who you associate. You make me. There are business decisions people make. You, you, you can go in without thinking about it and go blind into things. Right? Literally blind into it and, and hit a brick wall if you're not thinking carefully. So the first thing is you can miss the pits completely in the darkness of night. That's number one. But he says, Ramchal, right? But the second error, he kasham in harishayna. It's even worse. When you look afar, you think it looks like a pillar, right? And it's really a person, or it's a person and it's really a pillar. You're looking at it and you're, you're blinded. You see what's bad, and you think it's good. It's the biggest Avera, and you think it's the biggest mitzvah. The biggest Avera, and you think it's the biggest mitzvah. And and you see what's good, and what's good and and warm, and kindness, and goodness, and spirituality. You look at it as a bad thing, right? Because you're so blinded. What's good? You look at what, what it's about. You, you go and you strengthen the path. Right? You buy into it. Like I mentioned today, this guy I met yesterday, who was non ideological, and most people are ideological. I, I'll be very frank. The worst people to deprogram are, are, are people who are bought in into alternates. Just if a girl is a feminist who thinks abortion is a mitzvah, crazy nuts. They're so sick in the head. I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not talking about any case of a, of a health and sickness. But a girl who thinks, who doesn't know what gender is. <laughs> they don't know what gender is. You know? Well, they don't even have a clue what a gender is. They don't know what a boy is or what a girl is. So they go down the block and they have to put a phone on a girl at 13 years old. She has to be a boy. And like, literally they're trained. There's no gender. Right? You, you know, I, I, I had a professor, I think that's this, is it? I had a professor in law school. Jewish guy, Jewish guy, and he was one of these people who was who, who was so brainwashed by the gook they call education. So he tells me once, there's no difference, there's zero difference between boys and girls. I said, what are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? There's no go. You go nurse a baby. Tell me there's no difference between boys and girls. So I said to him, I see. I said to him, uh, he he taught a class called Legal Responses to Inequality. I was like a I was a terrorist in that class. I was an absolute terrorist. I, I, I went after him like there's. I got an A, thank God. I don't think, <laughs> but I killed him. Uh, you know, I, I was a little bit nervous to be honest. But I, would, I, I had a paper in that class. Um, so he tells me. I said, and how do you explain like say basketball? That boys are better than basketball than girls. He says, it's because when boys are raised, they're told they're better than girls in basketball. I said, you don't think it has to do with their, with their muscle tone, their bodies? No. I mean, this is, a, this is a professor in, a, in an Ivy League law school, and he believed this junk, right? You can you can be you know you can be a girl and think there's no difference between girls and boys. I'm not talking about you know equality. I think I'm not talking about feminine. That's that's healthy. Talking about no reality. <laughs> you know, boys are different than girls, and and and, and Judaism has is unequivocal about that. But you have a person, a girl who grows up in some reformed temple somewhere, and, and literally is so lost, I'm not even talking about Judaism, in life, in life, or what it means to be a person, or what it means to have a family, what it means to be a reality, because they're raised in this alternate universe that their grandmother never heard of, <laughs> that certainly Sarifka Rachel never heard of, 
right? And you know, when you see when you see the the, the sharp reality, whether it's demographics or their own realities, right, it's sad and sick. And I mean, see, sick not to blame them. It's sick how lost somebody could be, and you, you buy into it and you think, and it's and all that. It's a mitzvah. It's the greatest. Betty Friedan is like, you know, is is great, right? You know, Betty Friedan is. Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't know the teach you about it in Hanover, Betty Friedan. She was a Jewish girl. Jewish lady. Right? The feminine mystique. I read about that too. You're very well read, Rabbi. I gotta know what's the pillars and what's the people in the, in the dark. Being a magazine. Huh? Being a magazine. <laughs> right. So you could, but this is on a serious note, you can be so caught up. I, I, I'm, I, when I look at parenting, Every parent is, it wants to be a good parent, but there are parents who kill their kids. There are parents who the damage is done for years. I've, I've had people in their 40s and 50s, I'm not a psychologist, but they're, 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 they are traumatized, traumatized from the way they were, they were raised. I'm not talking about traumatized, and their parents meant well, right? And they think they're helping their kids. And sometimes the parents did well, just the kids are traumatized. It's not the parents' fault. It goes both ways. The kids see the parents and they, they also misinterpret. I'm not saying it's a one way street over here. But there are people who want to do good things and they're out there in marriage, principles, in life, in business. They're a manager, principles, and they think they're doing, they're saving the world and they're, you know, destroying it. I mean, you know, I, uh, without, without getting into politics, Somebody told me Obama's an anti-Semite. Actually, a few people told me in the past week that Obama's, Obama's an anti-Semite. I don't think he's an anti-Semite. I think he's just a person who doesn't know what a, tr- a pillar person is and what a, what a pillar is. His, it, that whole settlement thing was complete idiocy. right? I'm not, I don't want to get... Because uh, politics, I, people get emotional. I don't want to <laughs> get... Also, you can't ever talk about it. Like, you know, I, I, so I don't mean to say... But I, I don't view that. I view that as a person who means well and is blinded by reality, right? But we all do that, by the way. Me, all of us. There are things in life where we look at it as a mitzvah where it's really, 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 really not. Oh, I need sleep. I gotta sleep. I just want to shop this morning. It's a mitzvah to sleep on Shabbos, Rabbi. It's a mitzvah to sleep. Yeah, I gotta sleep. I gotta take care of my health. Meanwhile, every whenever it's something which is unimportant for the business meeting, <laughs> for everything else, they have time and energy for for Hashem. But it's a mitzvah. Take care of yourself. You know, shalom by this own person. Whenever they're missing, I said, what happened? Shalom bias. And I, want, I once gave a speech about shalom bias, about family harmony for, for the future. Every time he says it, shalom bias. You know, you can get out. It's a mitzvah. And so when the person misses davening, person misses learning, person does misses, it's shalom bias. You know who said that, by the way? Adam, when he sinned, he blamed his wife, Chava. You know, like, you know, you can, you can, you can not, it's not a joke. People, I mean, that was a joke, but there are people who, Look, they invest in all kinds of things, thinking they're doing the best thing in the world, and they're messing up. There are people in relationships that mean well, and they're very damaging. I'm talking about friendships, in business, in relationships with relatives, you know, and relatives, acute, you can have acute off, and that's high pitched with relatives, right? Feeling abandoned, or feeling good, or feeling that way. Much worse, he says. If you're blinded, where you're seeing the wrong thing, you're gonna, you're not gonna. If you, if you're blinded, you, you don't see it at all. It's easier. Why is that? Um, it's not just that you're blind; you don't see the, the, the truth. To see something, it's just missing the pit. And what you see is the complete opposite, right? And they and they have proofs, and they have rayas, and they and they and they and they bring a reality that this is true. I'm right. This is this is the way it should be, and this is the right belief system, and this is the way you raise your kids, and this is the way you talk to people, right? You gotta be. Someone told me I gotta be strong recently. People need to hear it. Meanwhile, they have, they have no friends. <laughs> Be strong. You're an idiot. And I'm, I'm saying idiots in a nice way, like a shaita. I mean, I mean in warm, a warm idiot. You know? It's a term of endearment. And a nice, in a, huh? It's a term of endearment. It's a term of endearment, right? I mean, you're foolish. You think you, think you have a shita because you've got to be strong and you're ruining things. 
right? You know, you gotta be. I gotta. I gotta be fiscally conservative. Meanwhile, you know, your your, your household is a mess because you're going to be spending more on psychologists and doctors post facto because of your stinginess. Now, I'm not saying just to waste money, but there are certain things that you gotta invest your money in, and sometimes you, certain things that are worth it. This kind of thing, when you blinded and you think what's good is bad and what being nice and kind, that's uh, that's for suckers. Or being spiritual, I can't do that. That's that's old world. That's foolish. Or that's not that's not me. And that's you know. Right, the, the nations, you know, fat in its... Ishai says, we're talking at the time of the first base of Megash when they were sinning, when, they, when they're on the path of the first temple being destroyed. So Ishai, Isaiah says, this is what happens, these are the people alive in the generation of the first temple, the end of the generation of the first temple, that the, the nation, that their heart became fat, the Aznav Hachbed, right, their ears became uh, hardened, the end of Hosha, their eyes became shut and sealed, which means they were they were completely oblivious. They thought they were fantastic, they were great, they were wonderful. Right, everything I'm doing is great, and and really, they're on a path of destruction for table. The whole Zeb says they're going in darkness. That they all, uh, they're at some level they're under Yitzhar. If you can get out of that Yitzhara, right? Such a person could see the truth and the absolute truth. Right? And you can advise other people to it. Now, so I, I, I'll say a thing I've said before. I look at an iPhone. If anyone's honest about these iPhones, or Q phones, or strawberries, or blueberries, or blackberries, or universes, or planets, or galaxies, whatever you have, right? Or druid, druids, or ant, ant phones, what are they called? Okay, I think I covered them all. If you're honest, the the, the so for certain gentlemen, they, it's really they go on sites. I'm not talking. Ooh. The, they go to the gutters of the world. But for all normal people, the amount of waste of time, the amount of addiction to these things, it's crazy. So I remember when the G'daylam a few years ago spoke out against people, thought, oh, you're so out world. I mean, these people are slaves to their phones. The people complaining, you got, they can't even, they're addicted. They can't go 24 hours without looking at a phone. I think actually some people can't even go a half hour without checking their email. You know, or, or, or going on, they're posh, they're slaves. I say this, anyone here, I'm honestly, if you don't monitor how you use your phone, you're going to be, the, 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 it, you're going to waste your life at some level. At some level, you waste your life. Internet period. There will be some loss of life. I'm not saying complete loss of life, I'm not saying you're a bad person, but some loss of vitality, productivity, Happiness, success, right? You know, because uh, that's what it does. It just sucks you into this thing. People live on their phones. You know, people just live there. It's cr- and and today in social media, people's self-esteem is there. It's like I'm not saying that all these things have good uses. By the way, it's not. It's like driving a car. A car can be a good thing, or it can be a, you can get into a car accident and die. You know, uh, but it's, but it's even more addictive. So you know, you speak to a gobble like you know. That talking about cell phone use as being addictive. Right? People are like, oh, what are you talking about? Right? Right? A, a, a true tzaddik, a true wise person, they're be- they've beat the Yitzhara largely. They can give people advice how to be successful and beat it. Now, a Tamil Chacham, a Gadol, and I've, uh, I've had the good fortune to be around many of the greats this past generation. So, you know, I wouldn't say... They're going to ask them advice, you know, which stock to invest in per se, or or what surgery to do. Though there have been such great scholars of the Chazanish, like, you know, or Rabbi Yosef maybe, like, or Moshe Feinstein. 
But you know what it is? Even when you're making decisions about investing in a business or, or marriage, they have a clear head. So they can help you see, no, it's not a good idea because of who you are. If you invest in this business, your personality, it will, it will mess you up. It will mess up your family life. It will, you know, what does it take to run a business like this? This, you're, you're ready for marriage, family. I mean, there's a million things. You know, surgery, you speak to a wise person because so many of our decisions, even if, you know, uh, if I have to make a decision, it's like, I'm on the ground here. I know this situation better. I, I, oh, I know a, a science better. But I can see to a big tzaddik or a big tamar chacham, a big shiva, and they can help me analyze it. Why? Because they have a very clear head. Right? It doesn't mean they can tell you this stock versus this stock. That's not how it works. You know, or, or this, it means that when you're, they'll help you analyze the situation. Certainly, and beating the Sahara and, and learning how to, to connect to Hashem, a wise person can help a person tremendously. Why? Because they've already got out the answer. That's what he says next. Halamaza daima. What's this? Like, like the old days, they used to have those garden, you know, like those mazes in the gardens. Never see anyone in the mazes in the gardens. They used to have it. They could walk in the garden. The kings used to have these things. It's the type of garden that the, 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 the royalty, I do it to Sarim, used to have as a popular sport. In the Tiazasus, they would make the gardens, the fences, and it was like a maze to get through. Of the many types of rows that were confusing and, 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 and interconnected. So if you're in the maze, it's very hard to see how to get out of there. Like you don't know, turn right, turn left, and you can get caught, lost in this in, in these mazes. The point is to get to the middle, to the the the, again, the, 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 the large pavilion area in the middle. There are paths that can lead you there. And some paths will do farther away from where you need to, to get to. If you're going to walk uh, through the paths, you don't know, you don't know if you're on the right path or the wrong path because you're in the middle of the maze. It all looks the same to you. Unless you know how to tell the right way, you already went through it and figured out the right way. Or, you're in the middle, and you can see clearly the whole maze. Right? If you're in the middle, you can see how the maze goes. Because you can see the right path versus the wrong path. You can tell others how to get to where you need to. If you, want to, um, if you want to trust, if you see somebody who knows the path, the, the way they get there, or is in the middle telling you, turn right, turn left, turn this way, there are GPS for you. Right? They are your GPS. They can be helpful to you. Right? Ultimately, it's subjective. It's not objective in real life. Right? You can get to the right place, your, your destination. If you want to just go on your own way, I know best. You know? That's why you know, teenagers or 20-year-olds, if they listen to adults very often, they make wiser decisions, you know. If there's a reason, their good guidance counselor, bad a guidance counselor could be help, uh, could be helpful. Right? A, a life coach for the right type of person, and certainly a, 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 a parent who's wise. For a person that's a wise parent, they're very lucky. A grandparent or wise, they're very lucky, right? A a, 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 a rebbe who's wise. I mean, all of these things they can help you get to, your, to to where you need to get to. I once told somebody. But if you're going to go in your own way and you think that you're going to better very often in, in life, you're going to end up the wrong way. I, I once said, like, you know what life is like. Have you ever, anyone ever heard of this? Something called The Wizard of Oz. Anyone ever hear this? You read about it. You read about it. She read about it. saw it on television. I'll turn off the tape. So, <laughs> so there's The Wizard of Oz. So, you know, there's, there's the, the, what do you have to follow? The yellow? I said, our life is really like it's that yellow brick road, right? You know, everyone needs to get what's called to the world to come, the Garden of Aden, right? You need, life is really about the, getting on the yellow brick road. Here's the thing. In life, very often, you're, you're not born, you know, some people are born far away from the yellow brick road. They're born into houses or countries or places far away from that. They got to find their way onto that yellow brick road, <laughs> 
Other people are fortunate enough to be born on the yellow brick road. But what happens? There's lots of pretty attractions on the side of the road that looks like chocolate and flowers and this. And sometimes you get off that road a little bit, right? And if you can get lost and not get back on that road, right? There's lots of things that can pull you off the road. The key in life is to get on that road, right? And not get caught up by the things that take you off. And if you're not on that road, to find your way onto that, on, onto that road. So the way a person gets onto that road and stays onto the road is not getting caught up in the darkness because the things that take us off are the points of darkness. They, they lead us off that road and it's possible to make major turns, sometimes just short detours, right? And sometimes not to get there as quickly as you can or as productively as you can. Right? And whether it's ourselves first and foremost or connecting to the Torah or sages or, or thinking, or even you have to go to a, any, anyone, whether it's whoever it may be or yourself, you need to be honest. You need to have open eyes, what you're doing, how you're doing, who am I, what am I. You know what's an amazing thing? The Maraglim, the Maraglim, did they ask Moshe before they went to the land of Israel? The spies? Mm-hmm. They did. So why did Moshe tell them to do it? Because they were dishonest with him. No, even Moshe Rabbeinu, if you're going to be this, who could read, who could read minds, if you're dishonest, you go to some great sage, or you tell yourself something, you're dishonest, you're going to end up being, you're going to end up on the wrong path of life, right? Again, so, you know what? There are big paths and small paths. I look at it as a tragedy if this, that path is that the rest of your life you don't pray properly. That's a tragedy. Now, I mean, you still may be a, a great person, nice, kind, caring, have a lot of great character traits, but you, you lost something there. Right? There's, a, there's a loss, there's a tragedy if you walk around a little bit grumpy. You know, I, I have one of my books that my kids read, it's called, it was, I don't know, if I read the book right, it was called Grumpy Gamal. It was the Grumpy Camel. It's about having guests, so I always say to my kids, I forgot the book already, I said, don't be a Grumpy Gamal, be a Grumpy Camel. And I always say, they know the reference, be a Grumpy Camel, you know, who in the world walks on Grumpy? I say, I walk around grumpy if I don't have my coffee, but uh, it's understandable, right? right? No, but seriously, you can, you, can, you can have a path where it's okay, and I'm not saying this for myself, I don't have my coffee, I'm allowed to be grumpy. Who in the world told you to let me grumpy? Because I don't have a coffee. And even if you can't get a coffee, you have to, but we get into these mindsets, and the, if, you, if you're not thinking things through clearly, the best way is ourselves. Sometimes we need a little external help to ask advice. And be honest with ourselves and asking advice as well. That's what a person is successful. Person who is yet let overcome, overcome whether it's uh, in their life and how they deal with things, how they deal with their marriage, how they deal with their children, how they deal with their relationships, how they deal with Hashem, how they deal with their laziness or too much. Some people are too zealous. They wake up in the morning, they're just too busy. I knew somebody that, that I knew, I might never advise them. They, were, they, they almost had a nervous breakdown. They were doing so many things, you know, like, you know, and they're doing good things and lots of mitzvahs, lots of chesed, and they just couldn't handle what they were doing. They're, it was too quickly for them. I, you need to know, have a certain amount of self knowledge. Right? But the people that's the, the righteous, the tzaddikim, they already are in the center. They can help you get to where you need to get to. I once read a book where men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Anyone read this book? In the beginning of the book, uh, you know, it talks about how to get what you want out of marriage. And then I read this guy's biography. He was divorced three times. He's going to tell people how to be, how to be married? Crazy. Men are from Mars. And remember, this guy's divorced. Like, this is your advice giver? I didn't even like it. How to get what you want out of marriage? Like, that line itself was a turnoff. But on a, on a serious note, if I'm going to ask somebody for marriage advice, I want somebody who knows what marriage is. You know, someone wants to give me a book by a psychologist, a religious psychologist, are raising children. The guy had no children. <laughs> he was a religious psychologist. I'm sure he dealt with, I mean, it's, it's different when they're in your house and they're, it's 2 o'clock in the morning or it's 5 in the morning or you have a few kids and this one spilled them. I mean, you can talk all you want in, in West Point. You know, school is West Point. The battlefield is real life. You know, you talk about, I, I, you know, when I speak at a drusha, I look at it as West Point. I'm giving you ideas. You know what real life is? I deal with marriage. Real life is dealing with marriage, right? You know, like raising kids. Real life is dealing with raising kids. You got to apply. You need to know how to apply it. So everything we're saying is true. But then there's, there's the reality. You know, old people are experienced people have a lot of experience in life. So I'm going to ask somebody about raising children. I'm going to ask somebody who knows what raising children is. 
you ask business advice, would you, who would you rather ask? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, right? Yes. Uh, or or, or a, a guy who has never had a successful business in his life. Never had one good investment. Who are you going to ask? Are you crazy? You're going to ask, you know, uh, Joe uh, Gonzalez or Joe Green. Joe Green never had a, a successful business. I've opened eight businesses. How am I been successful? None. Joe, tell me your business. Tell me how to do business. That's who you're going to ask? You know, I look at these, you know, people going to psychologists today, and there's some very good, my mother's a social, my mother was a social worker. So excellent social worker, a psychologist, and some things that can be very helpful for. But a lot of them are complete failures. A lot of, actually, I've had lunch with people. They're, they're miserable wretches. You know, and the reason they went to psychology is because they had to find themselves. <laughs> right? I'm not joking. I'm serious. My mother can tell you the same thing, you know? And some of them are great people, successful people. But, you know, if you could ask advice from somebody, they better be successful they're doing. You know, they're, you know they're, you're dealing with emotional health of people or communication skills. If they can't, I was going to have to, sorry, uh, 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 psychologist, not psychiatrist, psychologist. And he, he told me, he's just, this is a guy who somebody involved me with for somebody else. So he met with me. And it was not from here. It was from somewhere else in the Bay Area. And they asked me to get involved. And he was involved in a family feud. This guy was divorced had a bad relationship with his daughter. And in the, this is my lunch conversation that came up. I met him three times for lunch just to talk. And over the time, I'm thinking, I was like, this is the guy helping them? This is who's giving advice? This is who asking for advice? You know? Somebody, someone, someone once told me they were asking marriage advice. The person was divorced. How do you ask someone divorce or marriage advice? <laughs> crazy. Crazy. I mean, it's crazy. You ask people who are successful when they do. You got, one business, you got a, a medical a person lost their practice. You go to them for medical advice? Good luck to you. You know, and I say this by psychologists. I'm I'm really nervous. Some people want some people. Now, sometimes it's marriage communication that is a little bit less dangerous. But there are people with real mental health issues. You're very vulnerable, okay? And some of these people are creepy. Some of these people are 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 are, are, are so anti-Torah. And some of these people are just not good. And there are some excellent, wonderful people, really, are, are, and who help people sincerely. But you know what? I, you, in any area of life, you want to ask, so if you're going to talk about being the Eight Sahara, being successful spiritual, spiritually, religiously, you better make sure to go to someone who has good advice. People ask their girlfriends, or their, or their, their girlfriends also taking drugs. You, you're a drug addict. You ask another drug addict, how do I get become not a drug addict? What do you ask a drug addict for? <laughs> you're also a drug addict. You know, if smoker doesn't ask a smoker, you can, maybe a smoker could ask somebody who never smoked or broke smoking, but you don't ask somebody who's still smoking with you. How do you get out of this? You know, you gotta, so you go to a wise person, a righteous person, a tzaddik, you know, you, you, get, you gain, you gain, you gain and you glean. You, you know how to beat and be successful uh, in, uh, in life. If you, if you, they can advise them, it says, whoever wants to listen. You don't want to listen. You don't want to listen. You're not going to hear. I can't help people. I, you know, a long time ago, I used to get frustrated. And, I, and then I heard from a great sage, you can't help people who won't want to be helped. You don't want to be helped. You just can't do it. It's, it's, it's a trap. You can see make people making terrible decisions. You just can't help them. If, they, if they're not open to being helped, you're not going to be able to help them. You just can't do it. Um, and what is the greatest wisdom the greatest wisdom which the sages give us what the Torah gives us come to this make an accounting think about your life think about what you're doing ponder it think about before you make your decisions before you make these decisions before you chart out things in this world, before you jump into these things, big or small, and the, the, the big, the paths that we take, the approaches that we take, right? I had somebody that were listening to a, a certain lecture series on a certain topic. I said, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think this speaker knows what they're talking about. I don't know to detail something taped, but they didn't listen to me and they made major errors and they told me a while after and it's unfortunate and the errors are made because there are consequences to this day because of this. Right? There are consequences to it. I, 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 they don't, no, this is a good speaker. And, and for some people, maybe it was. 
Right? <laughs> I knew, and I'm not so wise. I just I told the person, don't follow this path. No. Right? So if, and you know what the problem was? It wasn't me. It was this person not thinking through and not doing their research what they were doing. Right? Say, so think about it. I've done many, many idiotic things myself. I used, you know, uh, foolish things in an endearing way. Right? Uh, we, we, the greatest advice is think about our lives. Think about, analyze what we're doing. Analyze what, we're, what our paths are in life. Analyze what we're, what we're saying to ourselves. Analyze how we're treating people. Analyze how we do with Hashem. Right? How are we doing? Remember Ed Koch? Remember Ed Koch? Yes, mayor, former mayor of New York. What did he say? How am I doing? Right? How am I doing? Right? How am I doing? Right? You know, what I, so sometimes I'm amazed. This, the, the marriage couple comes to you five times. It's always the same thing. It's the same exact topic. Why, why are you here again? You know what you need. Like, it's like the same thing over and over. It's like a, it's like a broken record. Fix it. Well, I don't need me to tell you the same thing. I'll, I'll twist the story because it's, it's the same reality. If it's not working, and the, I'm not talking about people who, who care about each other. Right? I'm talking people who love each other. But they, they just are on this broken record. And they you know, think about it, and you won't end up in the same place as you did six months ago. Right? Fix the situation. Right? Bonnet. If this is not working, think it through. You know, if a person comes to prayer every Shabbos, they come late. Why in the world are you late every Shabbos? Why? Are you crazy? Do you know what life is about? Do you know how long you've been in this world for? Do you know what Judaism is? <laughs> Do you know what Judaism is? So the person tells us what I I'm working towards that. That I can actually, I can, I appreciate. I, I, you give a few months. <laughs> you don't believe it. Because everything needs, needs to work in it. But the whole life, whole, I, I once mentioned this. Somebody told me they bench on Shabbos. They say, Birkat the Muslim on Shabbos. Bench on Shabbos. Do you eat all a week, once a week? What, do you, what does that mean? You bench on Shabbos. Like, I, 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 I keep kosher once a week. Now, so if a person tells me, listen, I know I'm wrong. And I'm working on it. I'm like, that's my plan. I can, I can hear that. You know, I work, uh, there are things that I work on. We all work on things that are, are, are long term. But that's your ideology. You're a loser. You know why you're a loser? Because the rest of your life, you have bought into a wrong thought process. Some people don't know what you know. Ah. So that's to think about what you're doing. Why are you doing it once a week? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It means if I'm benching, I'm thanking God, why would I do this only once a week? Now you could say, Shabbat, if I'm going to do it once a week, I'll do it on Shabbos. But, and again, do, is, is it a mitzvah in the Torah? Should I be doing it? Should I be doing it? You have to think about it. That's the whole point. Think about what we're doing. Listen, people become religious or people working themselves is a process. I, that is, and that's the healthy way to do it. But when you have an ideology, if you just, when you're the same way as the 25, 45, 65, 75, something's wrong here. <laughs> It means you have had no improvement, no, no self-betterment at all in all these decades. And life is, as we said in the beginning of the book, it's, it's a quarter to the next world. No one's here forever. Nobody's here forever. You know, this person, I'm telling him, you know, I see him eight years ago, and I see him today, and then the same place, or behind, or a little, what do you do in eight years? You know, imagine the following thing. You have a destination. And the person goes like this. They're going back, and they don't get ahead. They're all they're getting somewhere. They're not going backwards. They're not going ahead. Your whole life is going to be like that way. Your life. All of you are here. A good move, not because of it, because they work. What you think about? We're in this world for a reason. We're in this world to enjoy this world, be successful in this world, make the most of the world. But to get to do what we're supposed to in this world, there's only one way you're going to do that, right? Yeah, there's only one way to be successful in that. Right? And that is to take advantage of life. And he, he's, what he's saying is, this is why the work starts this way. We want to talk about acts of kindness and Shabbos and kosher, blah, 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 everything else. But you want to know how you're going to get ahead? You got to think over your life. You got to think of what you're doing. You got to think of decisions. Right? You know, and if you made some poor decisions, well, you think about the next decisions. You know? You know, you know I, I remember once I did something and, uh, and, and I was in my 20s and I had to deal with the situation. I can't believe I was in the situation. And I, I was in her Zelig Epstein's Atzal, one of the great leaders of Jewish people who married me off. I was in his office and I put my head on his head. I said, there's no way I'm doing this. So he says to me, I was, how old was I? I was like 24, 23, 24, 23, 24. He says to me, Menachem, you have your whole life ahead of you. The roof didn't fall on your head. 
You'll deal with, you'll deal with it. There's consequences. I had to deal with the situation. You know, your whole life ahead of you. You know, what? make decisions. But if you, you know, the problem is sometimes people make a decision and then they, they have to just dig their feet in it. They just have to, this is who I am. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I says, and I'm, I don't want to pick on the Russians, but I, who did I just make? I was with a Russian. I couldn't believe it. It's like every like literally they blamed Russia. Oh, there's another. They blamed Russia for everything, and the rest of their lives they left Russia like 35 years ago. But because of who they were 35 years ago, that's who they're at. The rest of their life is going to be that way. There's nothing they can do. <laughs> there's nothing. Oh, I'm Russian. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm American. You know, like. I can tell you, actually, I mentioned some of you ladies. You know, I said, I have Russians who are doing this, so you have no excuse. Right? You know, but that's how we think. You know, uh, I, 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 this is who I am. And, and, and really, you have to know who you are. If you're Russian, you should know that. If you're American, you should know that. If you're Israeli, you should know that. But then you have to utilize that. And then you have to get ahead of it. And the best way is to think about the world. To weigh our actions, to weigh out what we're supposed to be doing, what we could be doing. That's the most important thing to be contemplative, not to get blinded. Not in an echo chamber. <laughs> not in an echo chamber. Sitting in a reformed temple, everyone, you know, I, when Joel Gadalis became religious, and, you know, I was there in the beginning, fortunately. So he used to give me his conservative magazine. This conservative magazine, actually, I was telling this guy yesterday, this head of the reform. So, you know, this lay head. This lay head. So he's, he's the, and, and what would this conservative magazine say? It was the, the national public. I read in the bathroom. I was like, you know, it's my fun reading. He didn't want to read it. I wanted to read it. I wanted to see what they had to say. So, you know, it, like, literally it would be like bashing. We're not orthodox. Those radical extremists, blah, 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 blah. And they formed. They have nothing. Like, you know, but like it was, it, there was no self-definition in there. Right? But you know what? If you're in that world, everyone's laughing as their kids intermarry, <laughs> as they have no future, and they're just, in the, and they're, you know, and then they're in their 65 years. It's just a funny thing. You know, we're right. And you know what? You look at the demographics, you look at what's going on there. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, it's, 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 it's like the person smoking. You know, you smoke yourself to death. Right? But you're in an echo chamber, and everyone just hears that, you know, you're in, everyone's smoking. Everyone's, we're not just thinking about thinking. You gotta think analytically. Like, is really if you're in, if you're in a place where everyone's smoking, does smoking? I'm smoking. I'm spending money every day on on cigarettes, right? I, you know, I heard some people somewhere get sick. Where does does this make sense? It does. It's not. So if you're conservative, you're like, oh, I'm against intermarriage. Well, why don't you look at the intermarriage rate and see what's going on and why this is happening, right? You know, you believe in the Torah. You believe in the Torah. Great. Let's look. What does the Torah have to say? Does it say keep kosher style? Does it say keep kosher at home and not in, in, in the streets? What does the Torah, what does God have to say? What does Hashem have to say? Not what you have to say. Let's analyze. Let's look for the truth. Not, not, again, I'm not talking about, again, a person could say, listen, I'm, I'm not there yet. I, I hear that. That's not an ideology. That you, could, you could work with such a person and they could work on themselves. <laughs> and they could work, but the minute you're, you're blinded, you're not going to get there. Klaus Shodover. The, 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 the sum of the matter is the person has to explain him you gotta think uh, uh, in a healthy matter always to put a few minutes a day to think over life what's the true path according to the Torah way that a person should follow once you know the path I happen to like there are pluses and minuses of biography, but I was just reading with my daughter. So Sima, I'm learning with her tonight. So Sima actually wants to read a biography, so we're reading Atzadik in her time. So you ever heard of Atzadik in her time? Ari Levine, wonderful book. Unbelievable book. So tonight, we're reading about Ari Levine's wife and how she had guests and all this type of thing. So Sima, who's age 12, is learning about Rebetz and Levine. No relationship to me, uh, unfortunately. Uh... Um, but actually, she is related to my wife, though, distantly. <laughs> but we read about this lady to learn. This is how a Jewish lady should be hospitable, invest in her family, invest in children. So she's going to see this way at Sadekis acts. That's a great way to act. Not like some woman in Hollywood with a, showing her belly button, you know, with a different boy every week with pictures on, on magazines. But like, where are Bits and Levine? Not. 
She is, but you know what? She also had models. I mean, I, I'm inspired by her. Um, but think, what are you supposed to be in this world? What, are, what in the world are we doing here? You know, I'm telling you right now, and we all know this, most people never really think about this. <laughs> think, it's like they, they just drive in life like blinded, like you know, like just like zooming ahead. Um, is this the right way? It's not. If you, if you have this, you can much more easily purify from any bad. bad. And to fix our ways, to do more, to be better. Uh, Weigh the course of your foot and all your ways will be proper. You know, sometimes, by the way, actually, you know, somebody becomes observant or somebody works on something and they have to slow them down because it's not going to last, right? You got to say, ooh, take it easy. Sometimes they're like a turtle. You know, you got to get a little fuel in the fire, right? You got to weigh out your ways. You got to put, you got to weigh out your ways. For Amr Nachbasa, Yermiah, Jeremiah says in Eicha, Nachbasa, Darchenu, let us search our ways, and examine them, and then we return to Hashem. The beginning of all self-growth is self-introspection. Okay, we'll pick up next week.